I wish I could rock that mustache that that one guy's got. That like one of those big old Sam Elliott mustaches. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. You don't know who Sam Elliott is? Yes, I know who Sam Elliott is. I just can't see you with one. Hey, this is episode 27 of On Taking Pictures. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris. I'm here with fancy New York photographer, Bill Wadman. Hey, Jeffrey. How are you? Are you, are you dry? Are uh, you, uh... I am high and dry. No, I'm just dry. Um, I am high in the sense that I live on a, on a hill, so I'm good. Um, Which is good. Uh, the, the rest of my city, okay? not so much. Yeah. You, you guys are still... Uh, for, for those of you who have maybe been, I don't know, on Mars for the last few days, uh, the eastern seaboard was hit with Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy, yeah. Um, it was 700 uh, miles wide. It was big. And it was, you know, we didn't get nearly as much rain as we thought we were going to get. But because it was a new, uh, full moon and the rain hit when the tide was coming in and there was some sort of, you know, all the winds were pushing apparently the ocean up towards us in the corner here in New York City. Um, much of lower Manhattan and all the low-lying areas of New York were actually quite flooded by um, by this hurricane. Amazing photographs. The yeah. Atlantic ran uh, a, a series of photographs, and it's it looks, it's like a war zone. I mean, it's really dramatic photographs. Yeah, right? crazy stuff. I mean, it's it's it was it was pretty nuts out there, especially the other night. All of the um, tunnels that go from Brooklyn to Manhattan, and there are I think seven of them. When you take into account all the subway tunnels, mm-hmm. um, all of them are were were completely were flooded, right? So, right. it's a big, giant, giant mess uh, here in New York City. Uh, all the subways are shut down. They were shut down preemptively before the storm, and now they say it might be four days to a week before they start up again. Which, for anyone who's been to New York City, the subways are sort of the way to get around. So, everyone's sort of stuck where they are in many ways. How do you feel that? The mayor handled the situation. Do you think it was handled well as a New Yorker? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that yeah, they did as good a job as they could, which is to say, everyone stay where you are and get out of low lying places. They actually evacuated some sections of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is, I mean, this is unprecedented in here in the city in New York. So mm-hmm. um, this is as bad as it gets, which. Um, which is pretty bad. And there was a there's a place down in the Rockaways on the islands down in, in Queens, Brooklyn, down south, um, called Breezy Point, where uh, some house fire started and 110 houses burned. Mm. You know, t- devastated this entire neighborhood. Right. Um, so it, it, that apparently looks like a war zone. Right. So it's bad. I mean, I, it could be worse. You know, I mean, the entire city didn't burn or anything like that, but right. it's going to take a while to get everything back and going. I, we know a lot of people who don't have power and are stuck places. And, um, my mother who lives up on the shore in Connecticut, um, lost power and still doesn't have it back. So it's two days in. Um, and th- there was the, the, uh, what was it? A transformer that blew and, and that's what caused, uh, it, it didn't cause ca- actually, of- they shut down the power in Manhattan, um, before that stuff oh, okay. blew in that substation, but that substation is like a hundred years old. It's okay. like one of the earliest ones in New York City. So um, it, it, there's going to be lots of work to do. And in the subway, there's all this corrosive, you know, salt water that's in there. So they've got to sure. take everything apart and put it back together again. And it's going to take a long time. So, so yeah, we're fine. Everyone's alive and kicking, and good. Or at least everyone good. I know is alive and kicking. Yeah, 
Yeah. So now it's, we got to get back to the whole thing. I mean, I went down to the Gowanus Canal, which is near me, which is a uh, used to be a creek that they turned into a canal in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and since like the eighties has really just sort of been this, it's not like it's where some like sewers come out of. And there used to be all these, um, uh, factories on the, on the shores that used to just pour crap into it. So it's right. one of the most polluted areas of New York city. And it's like, you know, 10 blocks away from me. And, um, I went down there cause I figured that would be really flooded. But then even yesterday, the water level had gone down enough. So it wasn't really an issue. Mm. So, um, Everyone's just sort of getting back to normal and pumping water out of their basements and that kind of stuff. But we didn't have right. any problem. Where I live, I'm on a hill, so we were spared. A little leak in the ceiling, but other than that, uh, we're we're alive. Good. So, so good yeah. Um, All right. So a lot to talk about today. Yes. Uh, first things first. Um, I re- we redesigned on Taking Pictures website. Well, you redesigned it. Well, yes. Um, if you go to ontakingpictures.com now... Uh, it used to be that the the uh, podcast episodes were sort of interlaced with the pictures and essays and little things that I wrote. Um, now they have their own little world to live in. Uh, if you go to ontakingpictures.com slash podcast, it'll, it'll put you over to this page, which has all of the show notes and a little bit about the show and uh, subscription links and that kind of stuff. We also, some people, uh, want to know a way to support the show, whatever it is. So we put a little tip Jeffrey and bill thing in there. So you could sign up for like, you know, a dollar a month, five bucks a month. Uh, it's a PayPal thing. Uh, if you want to help out the show, that would be a great way to do it. Um, and, uh, but overall it's a little bit cleaner, a little nicer. And if you go to the ontakingpictures.com, like just the main homepage, the latest episode episode of the show is always going to be the first thing on the page, uh, which is uh, handy. It's super clean. Yeah. And and kind of an exercise in fighting with WordPress. <laughs> oh, it's a little 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 battley. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, WordPress is amazingly flexible, but it, it's also at, at times amazingly kludgy in what you have to do to get things to work in a way that you would assume would be easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that sort of contortion is half the fun mm-hmm. for people who you know. If, if, if you've got the skills to play with it, sometimes it's kind of fun. Um, or it's fun once you finally get it working and then you realize that your, your torment was for good and not right, ill. Right, right. Um, no, this is good. It's, it's, it's a lot cleaner. Yeah. So new so, site. So go check it out on takingpictures.com. And, uh, and yeah, there you go. All right. So that's that. Uh, is, one of our uh, listeners wrote in the other day because I was talking about how I couldn't judge um, – I had a hard time judging the pictures I was taking in the um, do, 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 uh, in the national parks last week, right? And and how difficult it is to like see your screen and judge things by your screen. And a listener wrote in suggesting this product called Cam Ranger. Have you seen this thing? Uh, just after you sent it to me, I hadn't heard of it, uh, but it seems pretty cool. It's like a little dongle, right? That you plug into your camera. Yeah. And I'm assuming that it talks to your iPad or iPhone via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. I'm, I'm guessing Bluetooth. I don't know exactly yet. Um, but it, it apparently allows you to control, uh, you basically can see live view image capture, change settings, take pictures, the whole thing from your iPad or whatever, and it'll show it on your big giant screen. Right. Which is amazing uh, much if it works different, 
Yeah, much different than something like DSLR Remote. Much more comprehensive and a lot more features if it works well. Yes, and it, so they have it's like this little box that plugs into the USB port on your camera, and um, it's not cheap. It's two hundred ninety nine bucks. Um, I, I I don't know much about it, but I, I wrote the company, and they're going to send me one to try out just as a little thing for our listeners. So we'll see if it's any good. It um, looks cool. I mean, some of the features that they're touting look pretty amazing. Yeah, for, not just for somebody know. who's sitting down and and trying to perfect a single shot doing macro work or um, you know landscape, you could be tethered without having to carry a laptop, mm-hmm. which is or pretty time amazing. lapse if you're doing time lapse time stuff. lapse stuff. Yeah, so so Cam Ranger, we're gonna try it out. But uh, thank you for sending that in. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, so. D- this kid in Canada. <laughs> this is this is unbelievable. Give, give me the give me the lo- the short version. Okay, so the short version is uh, this kid's in a mall, right? Sixteen year old kid, right? Okay, as kids uh, do, as as kids do, uh, and and witnesses uh, some things going down. Uh, the guy being arrested by this the the security guards or or detained, I guess, because they're mall security. So he starts photographing or filming, and apparently the guards turn on him, uh, demanding him to delete the photo. And, and his response was, was kind of awesome for a 16-year-old kid in you know, 21st century digital everything. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, uh, you know, basically, I, I, I'm shooting film. I can't delete it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Undeletable. Awesome. Now, yeah. in the old days, the, the security guards in the movies would like grab the camera and like rip the back open and pull the right, film right, out right. in the sunlight. Very dramatically. Yeah. Um, he apparently refused to do this and they, they pinned him to the ground and they cut off his backpack with a razor yeah. blade. And Think about that. They cut off this kid's backpack. Yeah. For taking pictures. Well, okay. So this is the, the, the particular story going on here is is not irrelevant, but is just sort of a, a, an example of something. Mm-hmm. It's this crazy notion that taking pictures is dangerous. It's kind of like the skateboarding's not a crime <laughs> bumper right, stickers, right, right? Right, right, It's like the kids skateboarding. Okay, yeah, if they're like banging up some nice marble staircase. Okay, I understand you don't want them to ruin the marble staircase, but like... Whatever you know, they're skateboarding. So even less even less innocuous is photography. I mean, it's like the whole thing in New York after nine eleven. How you know you can't take pictures of that building? It's it's right. an official building. It's like what are you talking about? That's it's that still happens in downtown L.A. Oh, it, it happens here still too. And yeah. it's just it's just kind of crazy. It's like if if I'm taking a picture of Penn Station, it doesn't mean I'm going to bomb Penn Station. Right. You know. Um, it's it, the stuff's gotten completely out of control. If somebody is, wants to take a picture of some, you know, of Grand Central Station because they're planning some sort of terrorist act, they can do that much more quietly than pulling out a digital SLR on a tripod. Right, right. You know, like couldn't they just use Google Maps? Yeah, they, they, there <laughs> there are pictures of these places. These people are smarter than that. You know, if right. they, if they want to do it, they're going to do it. Stopping some tourist from taking a picture of some building is not going to help the cause, you know? Um, and this guy, the whole idea of like not being able to film police creeps me out. Yeah, it's it's a little big brother to me. A little big brother? <laughs> okay, it's a lot of big brother to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like you know what if if you're really doing your job the way you're doing you're supposed to be doing it then why would you have any problem me watching you do it or taping you doing it right you know like if so it's that that kind of stuff is always very suspicious to me Mm -hmm. um and more so than somebody walking around taking pictures of buildings uh yeah, I mean, I think both are. I think both are ridiculous. People should take pictures of whatever the heck they want. Who mm-hmm. cares? You know, um, I, th- th- there was a. Uh, th- I read an article years ago, and and they were saying, you know, people shouldn't really worry about the surveillance society of the government watching you. Sort of the 1984 thing. Sure. Because or the or the London Now thing. Yes, or the London Now <laughs> thing, and the New York in the very short future thing. They're putting cameras everywhere in New York. Um. That, that people shouldn't really worry about it so much because the idea, the, the fear is that the government or the people in charge are going to somehow have power over you because they can see what you're doing all the time. The article basically kind of came out and said, well, that's true, but the same is true in the other direction. Everyone has a video camera in their pocket now. Mm-hmm. So you can take pictures of cops and whatever it is, and that will all keep the whole thing in line was essentially their argument. Right. And it kind of it relaxed me a little bit on this side of things. However, articles like this are what really scare me. Do you, let's go back for a second. Do you subscribe to that sort of ideology that if, if, if we can record you and you can record us, then all should be well. Um, it makes me feel better than a one-sided thing. I don't know. Okay. I I don't know if I subscribe to it, but okay. It's, It's easier to swallow. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. That's a decent argument, you know? Uh, even yesterday when I went down to Gowanus and I'm, there were there were um, fences knocked over by the wind, like whole fences that had boards on them to sort of block out from uh, construction sites and things that were knocked down by these hundred mile an hour winds. Mm-hmm. And I was taking pictures of the destruction, you know, not really my thing, but I had a camera with me and there were people like kind of looking at me funny, like, why is he taking pictures of that? knock down fence really? like what nefarious purpose does he have yeah. and it's like i don't have a nefarious <laughs> he's purpose. sending these images back to al-qaeda <laughs> you know that's totally the kind of look i was getting or the you know oh why are you looking at that that th- there was a bus depot or something and in the in the security booth which was all shut down there was like a security one of those um orange security jackets you know like a raincoat mm-hmm. and it looked kind of cool in the window so i was taking a picture of it and some guy from across the street was glaring at me like why is he taking pictures of that security booth and it's like are you kidding me like yeah just because you don't understand what i'm photographing doesn't yeah. give you the right to tell me not to photograph well it. after after uh 9 you couldn't take pictures in the subway for a while Hmm. Um, or, or there was, there was, there were trying to make it so that you couldn't take pictures in the subway cause they were worried about, I don't know, whatever. Um, and it never, from what I understand, it never went through. It never was accepted by the city council or signed by the mayor, whoever has to okay these things. Mm-hmm. But the rumor was around and the cops would stop people from taking pictures and say, you can't take pictures here. You need to delete those pictures. When in reality, there was no such law. But how do you explain that to a cop who, you know, if you say, right. no, there is no law, you can't tell me to do this. And what are you trying to, you're mouthing off to me? Yeah, you're going to end up with somebody's knee in your back. Exactly. And that's what's scary is that there's like sort of this misunderstanding about what's what's legal and what's not. I carry around with me now, um, I'm a member of uh, uh, ASMP, the uh, um, American Society of Media Photographers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have a press card through them. And I carry that around with me because if I ever 
get like, what are you taking pictures of? Whatever it is, I could be like, look, I have press credentials, you know. Um, has it ever gotten to that point with you where you'd, where you've had to show somebody this card to get out of something? No, but I'm see, but I'm not that adventurous of a street photographer and I don't take that many pictures on the street, Mm -hmm. but I've heard horror stories of people. I I think, I think it's, it's lessening now, but it's still scary. I don't, I just don't, I don't like the, they're, they are bad precedents to set. Sure. Um, well, and they're, they're so inconsistent throughout the country. That's the other thing. It's like different everywhere you go and you're supposed to know what the local laws are. Um, Mm -hmm. You guys ever get yelled at for when you're walking around downtown? Yes. By whom? Um, mostly on-site security. It's it's. I've never had a problem with with actual L.A. city cops. Right. It's it's been on-site security, the security for a particular building or or a particular complex. The question is, is, do they have any right to do that? I think their their argument is, if you're on private property, if you're on their property, okay, then then there's a case which. Okay, I can I can understand that to a certain degree. But if you're on the public sidewalk, and if you're on the public sidewalk, the Disney yeah. Hall or whatever, uh, never had a problem at Disney. I okay. know people who have, but I personally have never had a problem with Disney. I mean, really? it's such a landmark. You know, I mean, what's the downside of, of photographing that building? Right, right. It's like you know, I mean, what I'm gonna, uh, you know, we've got 20 photographers and we're we're all terrorists and we're gonna blow up Disney. Yeah. I mean, that's silly. Yeah. There are a lot of people, though, uh, I remember years ago during uh, 365 Portraits, so this was 2007, um, I was taking pictures of a guy in the square at Lincoln Center. Okay. And security guys told me I couldn't take pictures of somebody else. Basically, I couldn't take portraits in Lincoln Center. I could take pictures of the buildings, but I couldn't take pictures of somebody in the foreground of the building with the building really? behind him. Yeah. So Lincoln Center had to be the foreground, not just the background. Right. Basically, I couldn't use it as a backdrop, huh? which I found like really, yeah, I mean, this is a public space. I mean, what am right, I doing? What, what am I doing? It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Sure. Um, I think that stuff has just gotten out of control and it kind of, it, 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 I think it used to be a lot different. It used to be a lot more open mm-hmm. um, about taking pictures in general and, and I, I just, it, something that's getting lost. So anyway, something to put out there. If, if anybody else out there has any uh, differing opinions on this, please let us know. Um, but I, or dri- stories, if you've ever been stopped, we'd love yeah, to hear it. Yeah. That's a good one. Cause yeah. I, it, dr- it drives me nuts is take pictures. I mean, okay. Yeah. Somebody doesn't want you to take their picture and they say, please don't take my picture. Okay. Don't take their picture. But other than that, whatever. Yeah. You know? Uh, but yeah, if you've got a, the art, you've got an interesting story, call it in. Art makes the world beautiful. So people should make more art. You know? Yes. Less rules, more art. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's, 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 it's something, you know. Um, hey, you found this cool post uh, by a guy who's using his comp- camera to scan slides? Yeah. Well, you know, a friend of mine, um, his, his dad designed the structural framework for the Hollywood sign when they redid the Hollywood sign. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And, and he's actually got pieces of the original Hollywood sign and he's got these old blueprints. You mean the Hollywood land sign? Yeah. He's got pieces of uh, like pieces of wood of, of the old sign. Okay. Um, that they were able to get to him. When did they rebuild that? Um, I want to say in the seventies, but I'm probably wrong. Okay. I, I, I don't know what year it was. Anyway, he's got, uh, some photographs, uh, that they, that they had taken at, as close to the exact position as they could pre and, and post redesign. 
um, and he's got some slides. And he, he, he asked me if I had a slide scanner. And I, you know, I've only got a flatbed scanner. And a couple weeks after that, uh, I saw this article. Um, Steve Huff is, is the guy who, who posted this on his website. And he's using basically a macro lens and a light box to, photo, to re-photograph his old slides. And the results are actually really, really good. Yeah, they are. Especially when you compare it to the flatbed scan that he also shows of the same photograph. I mean, it's, it's night and day difference. Sometimes scanning, well, two things. One, his two examples seem a little off. Like if there's that much dust on the scanned one, there would probably be similar amounts of dust on the photograph. I feel like the photographed one may have been retouched more than the raw scan of the other one. Sure. Um, but yes, the other one looks pretty good. Yeah, uh, much sharper. And it's faster. The you thing know, the is, whole is process. The, the scanners um, have a very, pretty short depth of field. So, and I don't think they're all calibrated really well for mm-hmm. the flatbeds. So if it's designed to have a piece of uh, paper smushed against the glass and it takes a picture of that and it's perfect there. If you have a slide, that slide is you know if it's a 35 millimeter slide where it's in a uh, the the what's the thing I'm looking for like the cardboard Hold, holder the holder yeah is that what it's called <laughs> is that the official name for those things the holder <laughs> nice um if if you're putting that down the slide is then lifted up like a couple millimeters right off sure. of the glass and that difference can be the difference between out of focus and in focus and i've noticed sure. I I try even when I scan stuff on my flatbed because that's the only scanner I've got. I try to put the uh, the 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 film against the glass as much as possible. Now the problem is you get these Newton's rings if you do that sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there are there are ways to sort of sometimes you can make that work without too much trouble. But anyway, long and short of it is that this makes a per- makes perfect sense. I mean, if you can get a macro lens, you're at one to one, which is ex- basically you should be shooting almost exactly one to one. Cause the size of the film frame should be the size of your full frame sensor. If you can right, full frame right. camera, um, you should be able to get a, a 22 megapixel image. Now it is interesting to me that he said that, uh, he, he, he's all the way, he gets resolution. That's all the way down to the film grain, you know, which basically shows that these cameras are out resolving these films. Right. You know? Right, right, right. Um, but pretty cool. Totally cool. And and he the other nice thing he said was how much faster it is. Now, if you try to f- scan film at, you know, 4800 DPI or whatever your scanner's top thing is, it takes a long time. Yeah. First it's got to scan, then it's got to interpolate and reassemble the image. Yeah. And all of that takes 2 minutes, you know. Uh, yeah. where in, in some ways this is pretty amazing. You could just go click and then slide it over, go to the next one, click. Mm-hmm. Um, and he built a little jig to do it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Just out of like, you know, you could do it out of plywood or MDF yeah, or whatever you've got at your local DIY store. That looks like exactly what he did. And uh, I don't know. Pretty cool. I think mm-hmm. it's a good idea. Yeah. So we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah. Makes me want to build one. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> is this a project? No, but it is a cool idea. It's Do you a have a lot of idea. slide film? I, you know, well, I you've got transparent, big transparencies, don't you? Like four I have by big fives? transparencies. I don't have a lot of 35 millimeter slides. I have a lot of two and a quarter slides, six by six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say a lot, I mean, uh, this isn't my family stuff. This is my own personal stuff. 
Right. Um, I, you know, there are probably boxes of slides that my grandfather had or something that are probably in storage now that my mother moved. Um, good question. Pain in the neck. It is. This stuff's hard. A lot of people just send it away. Well, what, what was the place that you sent your, your Super 8 stuff to? Scan Cafe. Yeah, they did a great job. They did a great job on the on the 8mm, yeah. And it was relatively inexpensive. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was 30, 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, this is cool. I, You know, somebody, I saw somebody do this years ago. It the re- same kind of rig? Yeah, like basically using a camera instead of a scanner. And it worked well. Um, this is Stefan Schmidt. This is from October 29th. Yeah, somebody did this before. Well, I'm um, sure somebody has done it before. I'm no, sure I know, didn't. but I mean, I've read a thing, basically uh, somebody else going, wow, a few mm-hmm. years ago, but it's a good idea. And as our cameras get more and more powerful, you get more and more resolution out of them, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, these things would make probably pretty nice larger prints, you know, oh, doing yeah. it this way. Yeah. At least, you know, 11 by 14, 11 by 17. But hey, before we go ahead. That's about the limit of. 35 millimeter film in my opinion yeah unless you're shooting like really like you know velvia 50 or something yes yeah. really tight unless you're steve mccurry unless you're, that's right <laughs> and who is really steve mccurry that's right <laughs> uh real quick before we start uh before we talk about kind of the main the main thing uh nikon no longer accepting film for their photo contests i think it's funny it is but it's just another, you know, it's 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 just another nail in in the film coffin kind of thing. I mean, look, all the all of the yes, it is another nail in the film coffin, um, like it needed another nail. Um, <laughs> but it, it's also interesting to me how these companies use their marketing departments to push certain gear or whatever. Sure, <clears throat> um, like that that magazine that did a write up on my motion stuff that came out last week down in Southeast Asia, this photo you apparently it's a big magazine down there. Um, but it's sponsored by Canon, you know, it's a Canon sponsored magazine Mm -hmm. and it's just funny how it's like, okay, so they're doing a contest and they, you know, they, they're, they're selling their digital cameras because that's where they make their money. Right. And that's, you know, so yeah, it makes sense. They're going to do film only, or I mean, no film. Isn't it odd though, that, that Nikon, uh, still makes a $3,000 film camera. Yeah, I wonder how many they actually sell nowadays. Cause I mean, you, there's got to be tons of them used, even F6s, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you can get F4s and F5s for a couple hundred dollars, you know, three, yeah, four hundred dollars. Those were hot cameras back in the day. Sure. Um, you know, I it's yeah, it's a re- weird thing. I had an F4 that we sold a couple of years ago. Yeah, didn't get much for it. And it had all the fancy stuff on it, too. Hmm. Um, yeah, and it's still current. The F6 is still current on Nikon's site. $2,800. That's a lot of money for a film camera. 2800 bucks. Canon doesn't make any film cameras anymore, do they? I don't know. I don't think they do. That's interesting. Um, when you were in art school, you had to put your stuff in on f- slides, right? Yes. That's, see... Yeah, I mean, we would, we would have, like, the, the, the sort of crit sessions. You'd, you'd photograph your stuff and bring it in slides and... and we would watch slides. I like slides. I really kind of miss slides actually. Because you like it big on the wall? Yeah. Okay. So you could do that with a projector though now too, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, I mean, or is it you, that, did it, is it, you did it with movie night with, you know, a $300 projector. I mean, yeah. you, you had this enormous, it's just big images. I like seeing big images, you know? Yeah, you know, at the, at the um, uh, hey, look at some of that. Sirens out the window. They're coming to get you. Um, big Making things big makes such a big difference. Uh, even at the show at the Met last week, there were some pictures that were like, okay, that's okay. But mostly it's cool because it's huge, you know? Right. Um, makes you want to print more things out really big just to see how they look. Yes, um, absolutely. I kind of want to take that picture of Everett that I took the color one on the slide film. The portrait a, of him? Yeah, make a big giant print of it for the wall. Oh, you should. I'll, I'll Chuck Close style. Just get all Chuck ginormous. Close. Hey, yeah. did I tell you last week uh, or this weekend we saw that crazy art installation? Okay, you've got to talk about this a little bit, because I, I and, and we need to put it in the show notes. This thing looked so incredibly cool. Yeah, uh, it's it's a stray from photography for a little bit, guys. Sorry. So just kind of <laughs> yeah, bear bear with us for just a few minutes. But uh, talk about this for a minute, because this this sounded so amazing. So my friends Craig and Lisa, they said, you know, you guys have to come with us this weekend uh, to see this art show, and I wanted to see that Albert Watson show over in Chelsea as well, and they were a block away from each other, so we made a morning of it. And we go to this art museum, this art gallery, and you walk in and there's like five or six paintings on the wall and that's fine. And they were kind of mediocre, but apparently that's not the exhibit. In the back of the room, there's a, a, there's a door that's open into like a back office for the exhibit, right? You know, for the gallery, like all these places kind of have this like little office in the back where people are doing work. And there's no one in it, but the door is open. And what you're supposed to do is go in through there, and it takes a right-hand turn into the bathroom in the back of the place, which actually isn't a real bathroom. And there's a hole in the wall (laughs) that walks into another room. Like over the tub. Yeah. Well, actually, this one was straight through the wall. And then there was another bathroom further in where you went in and you had to go into the tub and behind the curtain. And there was a hole in the in the sort of 90 degree sidewall that you had to walk through. And you walked out into a hallway, which was all like lit by fluorescent bulbs and crazy like doors, like an old office building. And then you go through one of the office doors and you're inside like this Japanese porn shop. And it it was it was the craziest thing and then you go upstairs and you're in a dentist's office and then you go back downstairs and you're in this uh room where it's like all wood paneling and there's all these uh books on the walls like it's like some sort of library but apparently all the books covers were designed just for the exhibit by these two guys right by these two guys it was the it was the craziest thing i've ever seen it was amazing it went on for it was probably 10 12 rooms and, yeah, and the they photos were all just designed. make it look so cool. It was it was the coolest thing, and it was the last day that we were going. Uh, was the last day that it was on, but the the kind of cool thing about it was that you almost have to know to walk through the office to get to it. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a uh, you need to be in the know to understand what to do. Right, 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 right. Um, it was way. It was really creepy. It felt like something out of like a movie set. It, it's pretty much what it was. Right, it was sort of a um, yeah. There was like an off track betting office in there it was it was it was the it uh, that was, was the, real <laughs> yeah it was the craziest thing i've ever seen like really it was nuts um so if anybody got to see it it was pretty cool but the reason why i bring this up is that also across the street from there was a chuck close exhibit um which we went into and chuck close is like you know doing all these crazy sort of cubist paintings with these watercolor uh like squares which is kind of cool 
And then around the corner was the Albert Watson exhibit, which was a bunch of stuff from Cyclops, which was really good because it's the stuff from Cyclops. But his stuff from the 80s is feeling really dated to me. Mm-hmm. Like it feels well, like it's from the 80s. Didn't you say that even the Chuck Close stuff, he's kind of re- reusing some of the older images. I mean, he's, he's putting them out in a new way, yeah. but they're, old, they're the older images. So he's going back to this, this existing body of work yeah. to create a new body of it was work. Almost, they were based off of almost all the same old photographs of all the famous old Chuck Close things you've seen. Mm-hmm. And the only, I mean, it, 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 I may be cynical, but it made me a little sad because I was kind of like, oh, you're going to sell a lot of these because people want to have a thing that looks like the thing that's in the Met. Right. And that kind of makes me sad because it's kind of like, you're Chuck Close. Shouldn't you be making something new and exciting? You know, something that's going to inspire me. This was kind of like, oh, okay, it's Chuck Close. Well, okay. So, but it kind of gets us to where we wanted to go today anyway. And that's kind of talking through uh, body of work versus, uh, how do, how did you say it? Body of work versus a masterpiece. Yeah. What, what are you, what are you working towards as an artist, as a photographer, as a painter, whatever creative endeavor you happen to be undertaking? Uh, are you, are you working on things a single piece at a time and then looking back on them and going, Oh wow, this is a really cool body of work. Or are you shooting, painting, drawing, et cetera, for that body of work. Yeah. I, uh, how, well, let's, let's turn it around. How do you, how do you see it? I do things one at a time. I mean, okay. I have an idea of, of a theme, Okay, but, but more often than not, and, and I paint so sporadically, you know, I, I'll pick up a brush and I'll do, you know, five paintings and then I won't do anything for several months and then I'll pick up a brush again and I'll do, you know, or whatever. Um, but I don't, I'm not able to see that far in the future to see how they're going to all relate together. I'm, I'm just trying to get something out. I'm, I've got something in my head that needs to come out. And sometimes it works well with something I did before or will do after. But more often than not, they're single pieces. Right. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. When you, when you did Drabbles, did you know that this was going to be this enormous you know, undertaking, or did you just go, I want to do this setup and I want to do this setup. And then at the end of it, you go, Oh wow, these all really work well together. Uh, I have a hard time finding inspiration a lot of times, um, for my own personal work. Mm -hmm. Um, the drabbles in particular came out of the fact that I was just messing around with a camera and, uh, my father's 63 Chevy up in, up at my mother's house in Connecticut. And I was just taking pictures and Heather was up there with me and I said, Hey, do you, you know, put on a, she had a black dress with her and some heels and we put her in the back seat of the car and we took some pictures with some speed lights. And I liked the outcome so much that I decided to make a whole series based upon that one picture as sort of like a, wait, so I, that was the first one in the series. Yeah. The one with Heather in the back of the car. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, it's not technically one of the drabbles, but it is sort of the inspiration for the series. Huh? Okay. Because I, like I, I took this picture that I really liked and I said, you know, I use this wide angled 28 millimeter lens. I use these speed lights. It looks sort of cinematic and this, there's sort of a story going on, but you don't really know what the story is. All of that is what sort of inspired this larger series. Um, when I started, so had, go ahead. Let me jump in here for a sec. Have you had prior to that, had you not thought about narrative in your work? Um, I mean, you were, you were shooting portraits, but had you, had you not, yeah, not really. Shoot, 
Okay. Okay. So this was kind of the first time of I'm going to build a backstory in my head or, or allude to a backstory in the actual photograph. Yeah, I think it was, which is interesting. Hmm. Hadn't really thought about it that way, but yeah, it is. Um, and it, it became this really large project. Now I, I sort of missed doing things one a day. So I remember I was up in Boston with Heather at the time visiting Heather cause she was living in Boston at the time. And, um, I knew I wanted to start this new project and there was no reason I had to start. I think it was October 1st. There was no reason mm-hmm. I had to start October 1st, but I had it in my head that I had to start October 1st. And I'd put out a call for everyone I knew for people who were striking looking. Uh, cause that's the, the original idea was I was going to call the project striking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I called out for people and lots of people send me emails with friends of theirs or people they knew or, oh, this guy at work is really cool looking. You should talk to him. And I was trying to line up people for the first week and I was having a hard time pinning people down, which is the same problem I had during 365 portraits and the whole thing. I mean, this is this is part of the game, especially like in a city. It's even harder. You know, people are busy and all over the place and they're friends of friends of friends. And, you know, who could you can't pin them down. Right. Um, and I remember sort of having a little bit of a panic attack up there kind of thinking, oh man, these people are going to screw up this thing that like, I'm about to open the floodgates <laughs> of, of, of trying to build being creative, you know, I'm right, trying to, right. like I'm, I'm going to start a marathon and these people are going to put up roadblocks, you know? Right. Um, and I started doing, I think I did the first 25 or 28 of them one a day. Yeah. Which is nuts considering the, the, the production and, and the concept involved in some of these. Yeah, but that's the oh, – I work so much better that way. I really wish I could do that all the time. Hmm. Um, I like deadlines. I like pressure. I like having to do too much in too little time. I See, think that's I, I when do I, too. That's, I like being spread really thin. Yeah, that's when I work my best. Now, the problem with that is that not every single one of them ends up being a masterpiece. Right. But it's more just sort of like the car is warmed up. Right. You know, and revving well, at 5,000 RPMs, it's going to go pretty good. It's going to, it's going to steamroll over any sort of, uh, uh, blocks you have up. What was your signal to noise for this whole project? Do you think? Uh, I think I still like over half of them. Wow. That's, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good series. And, and, and I'm trying to find something similar to that to like get back to now mm-hmm. um, because yeah, it was pretty good. I still look at them now. There's, there's maybe, I think there's 36 of them total or something. Um, I think that there are five or six that I don't really like and they're not bad pictures. They're just not at the level of the other ones, you know, you know, as I, uh, We've talked about this a lot. My two favorite ones are Party. That's that, actually my that that's my favorite that, one. Yeah, but that's my favorite one, and the one of of, uh, of Francois. And as I look at them, I think those two images tell two sides. You could interpret them to be telling two sides of the same story. Yeah, you could. Yeah, which I kind of like. Yeah. I could see them next to each other and, and, and see them as part of the same story. Francois in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just works. And, and I think that's one of the things that I like about 
the way you approach this is you knew you wanted to go from A to whatever, whether that was Q or Z or P or wherever. You knew you wanted to go somewhere. Uh, and yeah, but but see, here's the thing. Um, I wasn't trying. I wasn't thinking of that as a series. As a series. Those were all done as I'm trying to make the best picture I can make right now. Okay. So they were individual exercises. Yes. I mean, there's a few that are related in some, you know, uh, narrative way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but overall, when I take those kinds of pictures, I, I guess in, in this kind of thing, I am more of a masterpiece than a body of work person. Okay. So would you but, find that stifling then if somebody said, look, I need you to create 30 photographs. They all have to have this sort of theme go. Yeah, I would have to turn it over in my mind and do it the way that I do it. Okay. It, it's it's sort of like, um, well, two things. One, I, I try to make masterpieces and I want to see a body of work only in hindsight. Okay. Uh, and I, and I think that, um, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't want it to be all about, um, trying to, it's, it's like, it's, um, it's trying too hard to tell the story that you're trying to tell. It's kind of like you're trying to create history on purpose. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that it doesn't work that way. You, 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 the best memories are not, it's Okay. Here's what it's like. It's like trying to make the perfect date with some girl. That's never going to work. Right. The perfect dates come naturally. Right. You look back on it and go, wow, that was a great night where we amazing. stayed out till four in the morning walking around right. downtown. Like th- th- those, that's completely natural. You cannot force that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for me, I'm always trying to make a masterpiece. And if in, if in hindsight, the stuff work as a body of work, then that's great. But the idea of trying to make a larger body of work throughout your entire life, or even in a small sense, I mean, there's the other thing we're talking about a single say project, but over the course of your lifetime are, you know, is, 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 uh, um, I don't know who's, 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 who's a guy. Well, Let's talk about Hockney, not that we're getting to the article, but he comes to mind, right? Is sure. he is he making paintings so that you know that fit into this larger narrative of his entire life's work? Or is he just trying to make good paintings all the time? Or Paul Simon? Is Paul Simon trying to just make a really great record? Or is mm-hmm. he saying, How does this compare to the stuff I did with Garfunkel or Graceland or Right, right. I don't think they are. Because I don't think art works that way. I don't think, I mean, the stuff that you make now is related to the stuff you did five, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But I don't think that it's related in the sense that you were the same person who made it. But at the same time, you're not the same person who made it. You're that person 20 years down the line, and that's a different person. Right. You're in evolution, so the work's got to evolve as well. Yeah. Otherwise, it just feels phony. Right. So... You know, even a lot of these people who you think and musicians are good because it's easy. There's a lot of albums. People say, oh, Paul Simon is a genius. Right. And Paul Simon has had this amazing career and Paul Simon is this and that and the other thing. But there are a number of records in his career that were both panned by critics and 
duds commercially. Sure. That people just sort of overlook, you know, um, it's sort of the whole thing where, um, you know, you, you forget pain, you know, you know, you know how your mind is sort of designed to sort of forget awful things, um, in the sense that, that, that you can't remember exactly what it felt like when you broke your leg, <laughs> Right. Uh, because your brain sort of blocks that out. So you don't have to remember it. I think in the same way, people are very sort of automatically selective about careers. There's, I, I did a project after all this other stuff, I was looking for something to do and I started a project called laid off Mm -hmm. and it was my attempt to, um, there are a lot of people who start projects trying to play off of what's going on right now. Right. So the idea was all these people are getting fired because this was like 2008, 2009. Right. So the the bubble had burst. Yep. I think it was 2009. Bubble had burst. Aeron chairs were everywhere on eBay. Exactly. And (laughs) yeah, exactly. I should have bought another one. Mine's dying. Um, And, and, and I was looking for something to do and somebody said, well, you know, you should do a project of people who had lost their jobs. And I was like, eh, okay, you know, I could, I could try that. And it was sort of against my better judgment that I was trying it because it didn't feel organic to me. It felt forced. It felt like what, I was trying what to create. What was the thing? Was it like an environmental portrait series? Okay, or so what? what I did was I did diptychs with people okay. in the same environment uh, with their work clothes on and with their lounging around at home because they don't have a job clothes on. Okay. And I did four of them. And I, I can show you. I'll put a I'll put a link in the show notes. I think they're up on the blog, uh, and um, they they came out all right. They were fine, you know. In fact, the three I did were pretty good. Um, but I it, my my heart wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And it showed in the work. Yeah, or it showed in my drive, my um, ambition, my energy towards doing more of them. Hmm. It felt like I was trying to create something that would get press. Like, look how clever I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look how timely Bill Bill is. And look at this thing he's making about people who lost their jobs. And he's so artsy because he's reflecting the mirror of society and all that right, crap. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it was art school pretense before it even started. Mm-hmm. And that's why it failed. And I did a few of them and I just let it die because it didn't work. Right. And I've done that a few times because not every project works. And it really, that was sort of the first, because since I haven't been taking pictures that long, that was the first time that I sort of attempted something that sort of died prematurely. You know, it was sort of, it was sort of stillborn, you know, like it didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't get out of the gate. Right. Um, but, but you were, you were aware enough to recognize that about your own work process or work habits and make changes rather than just staying with it, staying with it and staying with it. And then, and then lamenting the fact that you had, you know, 300 pictures that didn't work. Yeah. But it was very hard for me to let it go Mm -hmm. because I took it personally. I took it as this isn't working because you suck. Well, I think everybody goes through that, don't they? Right, right. Or or rather this isn't working because, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, th- this isn't working because you failed in the project, in the process, you know? Um, so did you interpret it as, as at any point, did you interpret it as it's a good idea, it's my ability that's not 
letting it succeed or, or was it, did you recognize it as this idea is kind of art school pretense? Um, it was more the latter. And I felt like I, it's not that I, it's, it, I, it upset me that it was the first project I did without energy, you know, Mm -hmm. without enthusiasm. That's what it is. There was no enthusiasm. And that's what sort of upset me about the whole thing was that I had started something that I wasn't enthusiastic about. And that sort of poisoned me artistically because I said, well, the whole point of me doing this is that I enjoy it. So if I'm just sort of, if I'm, it felt like I was phoning it in, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was trying to make something for the customer, not for myself. Right. The customer being, you know, the, the public, like I was trying to make art for people. I was trying to make something that people would like as opposed right. to making something I like and hopefully that people like it too. Right. 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 People are going to love this and think it's clever. Exactly. Right. And that's so, and, and it, it taught me a lesson that you can't do that, or at least I can't do that. There, there are plenty of people who, who come up with ideas and make them work either, either they're better Either they are able to make that disconnection or they're able to get themselves excited about it or they're better at hiding it Mm -hmm. than I am. When you look back on these on these images and I'm I'm looking at them right now, how do you do you see them as even having been shot by you or do they do they are they are they so sort of inconsistent with with what's become your existing body of work that you don't even recognize them as yours. No, they look like mine. I like the one of Lucy a lot. Um, do you see that one? Uh, Lucy. Yes. Something about that one. I like a lot. Um, and I, I like the, I like the whole diptych angle. I like the idea that, you know, it's the same picture with somebody in different places. I, mm-hmm. There are things about it that I liked. What I didn't like about it was the reason why I was doing it. Okay. And the subject matter was, it's depressing to me. You know? Mm-hmm. I like things that are uplifting. Or if they're depressing, I want it to be narrative depressing. Like sure. I want it to be a fictionally depressing. Not actually depressing. Right. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's what hit close to home is this, this is, these are photographs based on loss and sadness in a, in a sense. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very strange, but, but it's an example. Like there are things out there that don't work, you know, doesn't always work. And I think that in some ways that, you know, that's, that's my bad album, you know? Mm hmm. Um, and and I think as as you get if you go longer, not everything can be a masterpiece. However, I think you need to strive for everything to be a masterpiece. Sure, yeah, but you're not gonna you're not always gonna record Graceland to go back to your right. Paul Simon, right? You know, you, you you you. But you need to try to do that every time. Mm-hmm. The minute you start phoning it in, that's when things fail. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's. I don't know. Do you agree or disagree? What do you think? No, I, I mean, I completely agree in that integrity and intent should lead the charge in whatever work you're doing. If, if, especially if it's something, uh, creative or, or something that, that in some way feeds your soul or, or is, 
is important to who you are as a person. I right. mean, there are certain, you know, jobs or careers that, that you can phone it in to a certain degree, mm-hmm. you know, but if, if you're, if your heart is in it, you're always going to do better. Yes. If I you're agree. passionate about it, whatever it is, whether you're standing at a drill press all day, if you are passionate about drilling holes and want to make the best, you know, holes you can, they're going to turn out better. Um, and I think there's a, there's a, a complacency that's become rampant in how we approach our jobs, our lives, um, to get a little heavy. Uh, I think we phone in a lot more than just our work. And do you think that that is a larger question of craft getting back to that? I think part of it is, I think it's a, it's a larger question for meaning for caring, you know, um, I think that a lot of people feel that what they do has no meaning to themselves. So how can it have meaning to anyone else? Right. Or even vice versa. If you're starting that way, it doesn't mean anything to anyone else. So why should it mean something to me? And I know in my own creative endeavor, artistic career, however you want to term it, I get into this mode of, you know, this didn't sell. So that must mean that I'm completely shit. You know, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm not doing well, that I'm, that the work is crap when it just may mean that not the right person has seen it. Or it may mean that it has nothing whatsoever to do with whether or not it sells. It's still good work. But because I've assigned a monetary value to the success or failure of that piece or project, I set myself up for failure. Yeah, it seems like the things that do best, the the, the stuff that you're most successful with is often the stuff you weren't trying to make successful. Yeah. Do you have, do you have that same... I, the, yeah, in terms of, I'm, I'm going to go back to, to my painting again. It, my favorite two pieces I've ever done in my life are hanging in my living room and right. I'll never get rid of them right. because th- they, they got close enough to what I, what I set out to do that I can look in my mind's eye and I can look at the, at the panels or canvas and go, yep. Yeah. That's what I was hitting. You know, have, that's what I was aiming for. They have that sparkle. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's, I, I, I totally understand. And they're, you know, um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. The, 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 it's, it's w- when you get close to what you were aiming for, it's inspiring to yourself. You want to keep going. Yeah. You're kind of like, Oh, I, that one is, Oh, Oh, I, n- now I see it. I can see where it is. I can go after it. Yeah. I was so close. I had it by the dress and it just ripped the sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Like I almost got it. And it, and you're right. You, then you go, okay, I, I, I can, I can see that, that I can do this. Yeah. You know, and I think so many of us in whatever uh, pursuit you're in, we feel often so deflated. Yeah. That those little attaboys, those little wins get lost in the shuffle and we need to pay attention to those little wins. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's, um, wow. Heavy show today. Yeah. But I like it. No, it's, (laughs) this is, this is, this is the key to the whole thing, right? Sure. Um, It's, but you know, it's funny. It's like, I wanted, I wanted to amend my previous comments. You, you need to try to have everything be a masterpiece 
but you can't go into it trying to make a masterpiece. Does that make sense? Sure. Because you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. You have to allow everything to have the potential to be a masterpiece. However, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's that sort of, uh, organic growth of, of potential that makes things great. Well, and again, it, it, it fuels you. It, yeah. it gives you, it gives you motivation to, to plow through it and, and to learn from it and, and apply what you've learned and move forward. And to, and to want to come back the next day. I mean, th- there's this idea that, 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 that a career in a body of work in art over your lifetime is a marathon, you know, but at the same time, I find that I can, if I pace myself like that, I lower my expectations and therefore my work suffers. Mm-hmm. That in some ways, I have to just think of it as a, a number of short sprints that are all mm-hmm. inter, that are all connected end to end. Um, that if I think of it, if, if if you tell me I need to walk from New York to L.A., it's never going to happen. Right. But if you tell me I got to walk over to Hoboken, it's like okay, that's tough, but I could do that. Right. And then once you get there, now I need you to go yeah. wherever. Yeah. And I think, and well, it, <clears throat> go ahead. So I think that's why thinking about a single image or, or, you know, a, a painting or a song or whatever it is, that is the way to do it because then it's not a daunting task and you're not overwhelmed by the Herculean nature of the whole thing. Sure. And you, you've got to be your own audience, whether that's biggest detractor or biggest cheerleader, you've got to be your own audience. You have to be all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. When you start putting too much weight on the opinion or, or the feedback that you get from your co-host, your your co-host, no, whether it's family members, whether it's friends, whether it's the general public, look, when, you know, we've talked about this when, when my, when my mom died three years ago, I shut down creatively, socially. I, it just, I mean, you went through this. Sure. Um, and I didn't, I didn't pick up a paintbrush for a long time because look on, on one level, she was my biggest cheerleader. She was my biggest fan. She was on some levels, even who, who I painted these things for. Look at this, look at this, look at this, you know? And I think the work suffered. I think that I let myself get so wrapped up in the loss. And, and, and I'm not trying to confuse that with mourning because mourning has to happen. But I let it extinguish what was just starting to be uh, a pretty nice light. Yeah. No. You know, and, and if you... If if you had it to do over again, do you think you could have countered that somehow? I hope that I could have, but I don't know. You know, that 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 the way it went the way it happened was was so abrupt that it was like I just couldn't find north for a long time. Sure. And I like to think that I could have but I don't know. I mean, in, uh, you know, looking back on it, I, in, I tried as hard as I could. I, I thought that I was doing, you know, as, as well as I could in, in dealing with it and moving past it. Um, 
So asking if I could do it differently or better, I, I don't know because I'm still who I was, you know, I, I would still be who I was then. So I don't know. Um, all I can do is, is, is take the little wins and move forward and, and take this idea of, of, I don't create things because I want to, it's just sort of what I've always done. Do you think that there is, well, there's certain, certainly sort of a, um, inertia kind of thing going on too, right? Sure. Yeah. You know, when you're at rest, it's easy to stay at rest. And when you're in motion, it's easier to keep going. Absolutely. Do you, do you think that there's, you know, there's authors who will go and force themselves to go sit down and write an hour a day? Do you think that a similar kind of thing, I mean, that's, I've done sort of these daily projects and things. Do you think that that is a way to force yourself to do stuff? Yes. hundred percent. Yeah, the idea of of you know you're going to go off and and creativity is just going to magically strike you and and you're going to come back with all this body of work is is insane to me. I think it's work. You have to put the time in. You have to you have to do the work. Uh, what, what's the quote? Inspiration is everywhere, but it has to find you working. Yep. That's. I mean, that sums it up. You know, yeah. you 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 have to. Uh, work on something, whatever it is, you know, if, and if, and if you hit a block, go try creating something else, go try doing something else. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I am both the biggest pusher of this concept and the biggest hypocrite in some ways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I, I've done plenty of daily projects year long, you know, once a month, once a week, once a whatever. Um, but then there'll be six months or a year where I barely shoot at all. Right. And it's this very, um, and I know that I'm better off when I'm shooting. I just can't get myself to start or I feel like I, uh, you know what? The, 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 something like that laid off project makes me a little gun shy. Cause I'll say, well, it doesn't matter what you come up with. Just come up with an idea and do it. Right. And I did that and it it was like, no, this doesn't work at all. And so now I'm like, well, that's a waste of time trying to make it from nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh man, it's well, tough. But again, getting, getting back to your, your idea of a series of sprints, you know, maybe that was just a sprint that you didn't win. Yeah. Maybe. You know, but, but, but you're still going to, you're still going to keep going because that's what you do. Yeah, I, I will. But I, it's like, I, I, whenever I've searched for inspiration, I never find it. Mm-hmm. Um, inspiration. I mean, I, I, that sounds obvious, but it, whenever I'm searching for an idea that gets me excited, I've never found one. It's right. always been f- thrust upon me. Or you're doing something and you go, oh, you know what? Right yeah. turn. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's, it's, it's a light bulb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. A, there's, a, um, there's a great line in Zen in the Order of Motorcycle Maintenance, which is like my favorite book, where he's talking about how um, – uh, how, how did he put it? Um, shoot. How, what was the quote? It was basically the idea was that like – you think you're something and it's not working and, and, and the story's not changing. And all of a sudden you wake up and realize the whole thing was a dream. Like it's, it's that kind of 90 degree turn. 
Okay. It's not a, oh, well, this story turns in this direction. It's like a, no, the whole thing was just in your imagination kind of turn. Like, whoa, you know, right, right, the, right. the end of New Heart, you know, or whatever it was, <laughs> right? <laughs> what, okay. wasn't, that, wasn't that what it was? Yeah, it's just sort of this this whole thing. It's it's not what you thought it was. Exactly, and 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 in some ways, that's the kind of level of inspiration that that works. It's when you go, oh, or as Jeffrey once said, ooh. <laughs> I don't say that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's 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 that level of sort of epiphany that happens, right? That it, that it, that if you're trying you, trying to grind out inspiration doesn't work for me. I don't mind the grind. I just don't find that it leads to inspiration. I need the inspiration and then do the grind. Okay. Um. Now that's not to say that I don't find good things and shoot when I can. It's just that when the really magic stuff happens, it's th- it didn't happen because I tried to find it. It happened because it found me. Right. But I would, I would argue Found me that working. You, yeah. You were doing something else. You were, you were in motion. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a big question, but you know, it's funny because in the past couple weeks I have some vague ideas of some, some experiments to try, which is exciting to me because I haven't had ideas to do anything lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of exciting. When um, are you going to start? Uh, probably today. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. And where will these live? Are you do you do you have any ideas? Uh you mean of what I'm gonna do? Yeah. Are they yeah, gonna be Okay, all right. Cool. Where are they gonna be what? I'm not gonna no I'm just gonna wait. I'll wait patiently. I found that the last few projects that I've come up with that have been good started by taking pictures of Heather, so I think I'm gonna start doing that again. Mm-hmm. Well you already have the URL. She's yeah, she's a good inspiration. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's good, but it, you know, hopefully, well, you know what, maybe these things will just be little experiments that I put up on the blog or if they don't even get that far, or maybe they end up being like, Oh my God, that's a great idea. I'm going to start doing that. You know, I, I would like to see you share the process regardless. Okay. They, not just the end result. I will tell you that they are much more art school than anything I've ever done before. Okay. You know? I'm always looking for refined, mm-hmm. um, polished, you know, 220 sandpapered. Right, right. But the, these are going to be a little bit more, um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of post involved, but they're going to be a lot, uh, they're different. Okay. For me. Le- whether whether they're interesting, that's a whole other thing. Um, what do you think about this David Hockney article? I think he makes a few good points. I don't know if I agree with the whole thing. Um, a listener oh, named Peter sent it to us. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I mean, first of all, the title is pretty heavy, right? Yeah, what's the title? The mass media has lost its perspective. Right, but it, that's sort of a play on words. No. Right. So in some ways, he's basically saying that the the whole idea of, of viewpoints – that 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 the media is going to show you one camera position of a certain event or whatever it is that's all getting lost mm-hmm. that's kind of what he's saying because you know there's so much other information out there from social media and blah 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 everyone's got cameras um, right 
and, and everyone's got a platform right. to share what they're shooting. And he also kind of talks about the, he goes back in time and talks about how perspective is largely a European invention. Um, and that no art made outside of Europe used shadows at the time. So China and Japan and Persia and India, um, they just ignored shadows. There's a good, good quote here says the story about one of the Jesuits who went to China, painted a portrait of the Empress. Her comment on it was quote, I can assure you that the right side of my face is the same color as the left side of my face. Isn't that great? Because you know, he had it with light on one side and and not on the other. Um, I, I think that, well, a number of things. I think that he has a little bit of his own ax to grind in the sense that he makes things with very strange perspectives. Mm-hmm. So is he saying this is actually how it is, or is he saying, see, I've been right all along by making things without perspective and, you know, or, well, or, I think there's a little bit of that. Sure. Yeah. So there's that. Um, it, it, he, I don't know. I don't know if it's a, it's not a good argument from the sense, from the point of view of, of like a, uh, a debate, but it is, it is an interesting article about, uh, uh, art in general you know and where it's going sure um, she, and, she, and yeah yeah go ahead uh she you know he he makes a point that um susan sontag who if you haven't read what's the book movie called on on cameras what, what is the what's the and movie what is the book called <laughs> the movie on photography what is the what is Godfather? sontag's big no. thing uh what is that i don't know i i i've read most of it and i don't like her well, I, I just I just disagree with her. You disagree with her. Here's the problem: she's writing about taking pictures. Right there, you're lost. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like me taking a. I'm going to take a picture about about writing. See how well that does. Right. Um, they're two different arts. They're two different media. It's very difficult. The only person I've ever seen come close is that Jeff Dyer, that book that I suggested. I don't know, ten episodes ago. The um. Uh, ongoing moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he does pretty good in that, but even there, he's, it's like a lot of pontificating and whatever it is. But, you know, she, she basically said that like Matthew Brady in the civil war, moving corpses around to make a better picture was cheating. But, you know, he, this, and, and Hockney makes the point that, you know, at the time moving cameras around was very difficult. So if he moves a body or two, that's much more like what Caravaggio would have done to make a painting. Right. You know that 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 we're putting our own sense, modern sensibilities, on something that wasn't there yet. Um, it's interesting. It, he talks about social control and image making, and and how before the 20th century, the church controlled everything, and then government started controlling mass media, like Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia and China, and and that there was a revolt in in the 20th, early 20th century with Cubism, trying to break out of this concept of perspective. Um, and I think that that's all true, but it doesn't mean that perspective is wrong or that composition is wrong, which is kind of, I feel like he's going so far down that sort of postmodern line that basically says any one viewpoint doesn't matter. Does that make sense? No. How do you mean? What do you? I feel like what he's saying is that, you know, the, the, the moment that you're taking the picture of the, 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 the perspective that you're taking with your photograph, say in this case, um, is me is, is meaningless because we have a hundred thousand different photographs of that event 
and any okay. one of them doesn't it doesn't mean any more than any other. Okay. This is kind of what I'm taking away from it. Interesting. You 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 didn't get any of that? Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I I, th- I think he's 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 making this case that that almost that the the playing field is too level in the sense that that we're we're all sharing an equal voice and that so i guess i guess you're kind of see i i heard it as the playing field is level we'll see what shakes out i didn't necessarily hear him being upset about the loss of the expert as okay okay um i think that maybe i think that there there are some that are better than others you know not all right. words are equal right um and and i think that i think that looking at a particular thing from a particular perspective with particular light does say something that 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 moment without perspective and light doesn't say and i think that has a lot to do with the fact that we as humans our brains are wired it may not objectively do that but i think our brains are wired to interpret things in the real world spatially and right. with light and there's 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 communicative power there well if 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 no perspective is any more or less important than another then what's the point of any of it well exactly and that and maybe that's what i'm scared of that basically he's saying don't bother trying <laughs> it's all just going to get homogenized anyway yeah but then again you look at his paintings and i'm just kidding <laughs> wow <laughs> a lot of it's terrible or at least to me i don't like it um i, I yeah okay i i i like his intent i don't always like the end result okay that's fair it's sort of like the uh the it's sort of like the same thing with um uh it's like my thing with uh warhol you know yeah. i like what he's trying to say i just don't particularly like the art Right, right. The, the the point of view for, uh, that it that it arrives from, uh, maybe not so much. It's funny that there's I, I found a link here. I'll put a link here. There's a there's a picture on this page I sent to you, where if you scroll down a little bit of the ways, there's a picture of Hockney painting a car, and some guy basically making a video of him painting a car. Oh, okay. And this just this kind of stuff just cracks me up because it's like, look at the painting on the car. Yeah, it's, it's crap. like it's like Keith Haring junk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't like Keith Haring either. Um but I hear that his his uh diaries are actually really good read. Hockney's diaries. Uh Keith Haring. No, Haring's diaries. But you okay. know, you look at this and you go, okay, well that's what it would look like if I was painting it. Show me some skill, you know. Right. I can't paint at all. Um I don't know. It's 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 an interesting article. It it, it it's he's making a lot of points. I think it's a little bit Eh, you know, selling his exhibition in Cologne. It's it's a little heavy handed. Yeah. Um, but it's on it's on Financial Times, which somehow we were both able to get to through the paywall by accident. But now when I try to go back there, I can't get there. So I don't know if like if you use a we'll put the link in the show notes. And if you I guess if you have a uh, way to get through, you can read this or you have a Financial Times account. I wonder if uh, I know like New York Times and I think the Atlantic allow uh, a certain amount. 
Well, they allowed over the last few days because of the storm, they've taken down their paywalls. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Maybe. So I don't know if it's if it got caught in that. Financial Times, though, they're British. They don't they, they don't, don't have any time for that. <laughs> you know, it's funny time for that. Hockney is British. Yeah, it's when I read this, it almost felt like it was a translation or somebody's second language to me. Oh, really? Like like a Google Translate document or something? Not Google Translate, but it felt like somebody who was like, say, Norwegian writing in English. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting, but I don't think that it's, you know, it's the kind of stuff that makes me uncomfortable. And maybe that means that it's important. Because it makes you uncomfortable? Yeah. Isn't that a big part of moving forward is, is something making you uncomfortable at first before you accept it? You know, it's a good point. Yeah, it probably is. Um, I think that it bothers me because I think that it, in some ways, I f- it's a little, if you take it the way we were just saying, it's a little insulting. It's insulting to, to anyone who's doing anything or attempting to do anything creative. Yes. Because it's it's sort of saying at the onset, well, yeah, you're doing this creative thing, but this person with a cell phone camera is just as important and just as valid. Exactly. You know, you're a dinosaur. You don't matter. Right. Um, I don't know. So yeah, read it. Love to, I'd love to hear what people think of it um, and, and how it maybe affects or doesn't affect what you do or, or relates to, to what you do. Yeah. Hey, uh, you, you tried um, some of that new Red River paper. Which one, which one did you get? Uh, the San Gabriel, what is it? San Gabriel semi-gloss okay. fiber. It's a fiber paper. Okay. So it's fiber, but it's coated. Yes. Um, I, I, I wrote to Drew and he sent me, a, he sent me some, but I haven't gotten it to try yet. Um, what, what, so it ends up feeling much like a darkroom paper. Yes. It's, it's pretty slick. And what'd you, uh, what'd you got, print? Uh, I printed, uh, a, a little diptych thing, one black and white, one color just to see what it would look like. Um, I like it a lot. It's a little, hmm. It's, it's sort of the, a, a midway between the glossy paper and the matte paper that I like. It's got a little bit of a tooth pebbled type of a finish to it. Okay. Uh, but it's got a nice weight to it. So you're saying it's very similar to the Ultra Pro Satin that I prefer to use. <laughs> no, but seriously, how does, it, how does it differ from like the satin papers? I don't know. It's just got a different feel to it. It's got a different weight. Okay. Um, the finish on it is, it's not quite so perfect. Does it feel more high end? Um, or more, um, let's say, let me put this different, more unique, more one of a kind? Yeah, it feels more one off. Okay. That's fair. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of nice. I, I like that idea. Yeah. I think you'll dig it. I think you'll really but like it. But are the inconsistencies. Um, Distracting? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I've only printed one slice. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to do some more this week. I love referring but, to them as slices. Ugh, I never, you know what? That's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely your fault. Uh, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, are we going to, we want to do a t shirt? You want to see what people come up with? We've had a, yeah. Uh, you know, why not? I mean, if, if we, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to design one. You're not going to, if we could get some ideas for t-shirts, I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah. If any of you are graphic designers or anything like that. Or, uh, or illustrators. Yeah. Uh, if you want to submit a t-shirt design, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll take the best ones and make actual t-shirts out of them. 
maybe do a, 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 a stylistic interpretation of your portrait. Having Jeffrey pontificating something no. with artistic sensibilities. Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Could go a number of directions. That's right. Uh, if anybody's wondering, the On Taking Pictures logo is in condensed universe bold, I think. If that helps at all. Uh, yeah. And there's a couple little pictures of the two of us on the new site. Uh, so uh, I look really serious in that picture. You are really serious. You're yeah. seriously fancy. I'm there it is. By like 46 serious. pictures. Okay. <laughs> Somebody could do a caricature of you. Yeah. With the caption, seriously fancy. Now, why is that better than having <laughs> one of you saying art school pretentious? <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just feels <laughs> He's better. Like, it's funny. It's just, it makes me happier. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's about. Uh, all right. So who's our photographer of the week? Our photographer of the week uh, is another kind of monster from, from the early, early days of photography, Alfred Steiglitz. Yeah. You like him? I like him a lot. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, he was married to Georgia O'Keefe, you know. I wonder how that worked out. Yeah. Apparently he and O'Keefe and who, who was it? It was, it was it Weston? It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of these guys used to go and like wife swap and stuff. What? Did you know that? No. Really? There's there some kind of crazy, like four way love thing going on. Four-way love. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I remember reading about that, but one of my favorite pictures of Stieglitz is is that picture called the Terminal. It's on. The, it, with, is that the the one with the like the, the horses? The horses, yeah. and they're sort of in motion and shaking the snow off them, and mm-hmm. it looks like it's kinetic, even though it's static. There's something that's about a, it that I just love. Um, that's nice. From 1892. Yeah. You know. A lot of amazing work. Like, that's like back when you learned photography. <laughs> ah, there it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, uh, largely uh, black and white, right? Although I think... Yeah, or, lo- or toned. A lot of it yeah, was toned. Yeah, he did a lot. Yeah, especially down... Uh, at the end, because he lived until 1946, he lived through World War II, but he was born during the Civil War. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and he was uh, born in Hoboken, died in New York City, so he was a local. And he took uh, some really uh, famous pictures of New York City and all this kind of stuff. And and people, it, one thing that Jeffrey said, which is a good point, was that I made a good point. <laughs> you, yes, you've made a number of good points. Um, <laughs> is that he is one of those photographers who did a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And that it's almost like people nowadays get way too specialized. And that's a requirement of the way f- photography is today from a, from a commercial point of view. You know? Well, and, it's a, and it's, a, it's a requirement so people know how to refer to you. You're a wedding photographer. Yeah. You're a sports photographer. You're a whatever, portrait photographer. Fancy portrait photographer. Fancy portrait photographer from New York. Uh, but you're right. Uh, Stieglitz shot nudes, shot yep. landscapes, shot yep. street, shot architecture, shot, mm-hmm. just shot. Yep. Yeah. 
You and, know? and you know what else is amazing is that a lot of these pictures, especially like the ones from the turn of the century and stuff are very, I mean, this was the photographic process was not nearly as good as it is now. The dynamic range was not nearly as good. And the, 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 the range from darkness to light, like there's very few whites in these pictures. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like the lightest things are sort of almost a mid gray. Um, they're very dark. And and I don't know if that was part of the photographic process or part of his, his own artistic sensibilities or the prints that we're seeing or, you know, the way the prints have deteriorated over time. You understand what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Or, or a limitation of, of the process at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, he's got a good quote. He says, nearly right is child's play. nice photography is not an art neither is painting nor sculpture literature or music they are only different media for the individual to express his aesthetic feelings oh Uh, i like that you do not have to be a painter or a sculptor to be an artist you may be a shoemaker you may have a you may be creative as such and if so you are a greater artist than the majority of the painters who work is shown in art galleries of today that's very much along the lines of sort of our, our sort of meaning and craft argument. Sure. Uh, yeah, I like that quote, though. I've always been a great believer in today. Most people live either in the past or in the future so that they never really live at all. So many people are busy worrying about the future of art or society. They have no time to preserve what is. Utopia is in the moment, not in some distant future time, some other place, or in in the here or now, or elsewhere is. Uh, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, but in the here or now, or else it is nowhere. That's interesting. It's mm. not in the future or in some other place, but in the here and now. He's he's a heavy guy. Well, and I. Yeah, he is heavy, but I think he getting back to our our kind of focus for today of of body of work versus masterpiece. He strikes me as someone who just made the best photograph of whatever happened to be in front of his lens that he could at that moment. True. Yeah. And we and we look at it now and go, "Wow, look at this amazing body of work." Yep. But he strikes me as just someone who was trying to make the best piece he could at the time yeah i i agree there's a great portrait of i think stieglitz and a, a little girl i don't know if it's daughter i forget what, what the picture is and it's all lit by a window and it's like one of my favorite pictures i think it's even in my inspiration folder i have a folder of, of pictures that i find whenever i see something that somebody else took that i'm like oh that's beautiful and sometimes a few of them are paintings but a lot of them are you know uh, photographs, a lot of modern stuff, um, portraits. I, I usually, I, I throw them in a folder up in my Dropbox called inspiration. So when I don't feel like I'm coming up with anything good, I'll just go look through these, this huge folder. And, wow. um, it's a good way of, of doing it. Plus it's not like a Pinterest thing where they can get deleted or, you know, that kind right. of thing. Right, right, right. Um, but there's this amazing portrait of, of, Stieglitz and a little girl that I'll have to find and put in the show notes, um, which is because you know what? It looks like a painting and hmm. I have such a thing for photographs that look like paintings. Right. And Oh, it's his daughter from 1904. Um, let me look up Stieglitz and his daughter. Uh, the, the problem I have with, with maybe that's part of the thing with Hockney is that 
the 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 world he's talking about is nothing more than the world that is it's not interpreted does that make sense yeah i mean it, it seems he's, it's he's it's almost unvarnished. removing interpretation right 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 or interpreting it to be flat in your mind as well i don't know um it's it's uh drives me nuts <laughs> This stuff is, this is like heavy stuff. Sure. Uh, Here, Jeffrey, I will show you this picture. I'll put it in the show notes, but uh, I like this one here. Um, And there's plenty of shadow all over it. Oh, see, that's beautiful. See, it's a great shot. And this is his daughter? Yeah. From what I understand, that's his daughter. Um, Yeah. And there's a great, this is a, this is a great picture too of, uh, of George O'Keefe. And I hate George O'Keefe's work, but. In this particular picture, that's really beautiful. That's nice. Look how much shadow there is. You know. Oh yeah, the whole the whole. I mean, the whole the bottom two thirds of the photo. Yeah, yeah, all black. Yeah, except for just enough of a hint to see that it's more than that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. People put that in the show notes. I don't take chances like that in my work enough. You know, I'm taking pictures of somebody. I'm I'm too worried about. I'm too worried about making a beautiful picture. And sometimes I miss the great picture. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I think there's something to that though. I think that's, you know, going back a few episodes to the experimentation thing. I think that's where my experimentation needs to go away from the aesthetic sensibilities that I, I, I try to force a lot of times. Right. And more towards, seeing what happens when I'm just trying to make something that is instead of trying to make something that looks good, I want to make something that, that is good. It's Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to put into words. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe try some things. Yeah, I will take that right turn. Yeah. More for, more for next time. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Alfred Stieglitz, you should guys should go check him out. He is, uh, I'm sure most of you have already. Man, his Wikipedia entry is huge. It's very, very detailed. Um, he's a monster. He is a bit of a monster. But yeah, there was there was some shady stuff going on in there. Uh, between between all of them, I, I'll have to find I'll have to find the thing about them. Yeah, they they all used to like get together and wife swap and stuff. You know, it's good stuff. Um. <laughs> Anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, I No, I think that's a fine place to end. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, where can you get a hold of us? Uh, well, the, the newly redesigned ontakingpictures.com. That's good. Yep. Um, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Dot com, right? Uh, you're tweeting at Bill Wadman. Mm-hmm. I'm tweeting at Jeffrey Sedoris, uh, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. And uh, what's our what's our phone number? You can call Three, us. 347-687-9411 and leave us a voicemail. Yeah. Does that work? Good. That works. Okay. And uh, and so send us, I, you know, if you've gotten stopped by the police or whatever it is, I just want to hear the stories, the crazy stories. So send those in. And, uh, and uh, t-shirts, if you have any ideas for t-shirts, I think it would be fun. Yeah, I think it would be fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes if yeah. you get a chance. If you listen on iTunes, it yep. uh, helps people find us, helps people know what we're about. Yep. 
And uh, other than that, I'm good. Yeah, we, we, we love doing it. So, uh, you know, keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot more to talk about. Uh, all right. Until next week. Bye. All right. See you next week. <laughs>